Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. My name is Julie Salant. This is Ildiko Spinfisher. She's our guest today. And if you haven't watched the first video, please do go, I'll link it below because I had a lot of good information as we kind of get into the book, digest the information, see what she's talking about, energy, we're living a life of what? No mistakes. mistakes. (laughs) I think I've got that in my brain now because, you know, (laughs) so many of us feel like we have laid a lot of mistakes and, but it's all going to come out in the wash and Ildiko and I are going to talk about that today. So thank you for being here, Ildiko. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. It's wonderful to be here again. And I'm so happy that your book is now ready to fly off the shelves into people's hands. That's amazing. (laughs) It's it's an amazing feeling. I tell you, it's uh, the first time this happens as a, as an author is so special this moment is so special it is. and e- even when I write other books in the future that will be the the moment of another book but this being the first ever book I've actually got published and it's in my hand the finished copy that is a super special moment it is yeah. so enjoy it because you definitely yeah. earned it and I know you worked hard for it So, because, you know, Ildiko, you know, she's such an incredible person in terms, she's a colleague and she's my friend and she's just done so much work on not only herself, but other people and help. She's helped me many times, you know, removing things that we thought we could never get rid of our entire lives. For instance, this is funny, Ildiko, you'll laugh at this one. I made a comment the other day about, I, I was doing a video here and a bug came up in front of me, one of those big bugs. And I literally couldn't stop the video. So I just said like, oh my gosh, a bug, like, And I guess everybody laughed about it, but then Mm -hmm. somebody wrote me in and said, you know, I've had this fear for a really long time and people think it's like nervous energy. And I have too. I know where mine stems from. She does Mm -hmm. not know. And I gave her your contact information because although we're going to be talking about the book today, this is still part of it that Ildiko can remove this stuff, like a lifetime of fear around spiders, which I have, she can remove it in like a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. <laughs> I mean, they're going to read your book, but I just, how long have you been removing things like that for people? Yeah. So I've been doing this work since um, 2004, uh, but I really, really got into uh, the superpower of um, using the biofield and energy specifically um, around 2007, which is when I um put my life retuning system uh, out there into the world. So up until then I was experimenting and then it became solidified. I became the founder of this system, life retuning. And since then I haven't looked back because I've worked with over a thousand clients and, you know, successfully. Um, But a lot of those have been phobias, especially Mm. phobias about uh, spiders and heights um, because I don't know whether you're aware, but there are only two fears that we actually 
are born with. And in fact, um, the, the two fears that we're born with are to do with animals. <gasps> so I didn't know that. Enough, yeah, one is spiders. <gasps> and the other one is snakes. Snakes. So spiders and snakes are atavistic fears that go back to our time uh, when we were cavemen and women. Um, and spiders and snakes could actually kill us. Yep. So these are atavistic. Atavistic means throwback. So okay. atavistic fears that we are actually born with. Some of us develop them into heightened phobias, heightened fear, which is a phobia. Others of us just are uncomfortable around these creatures. And some people actually don't uh, develop it into a fear. It's just there, but it's like um, just a seed which never actually germinates or grows. But there's a third fear, which only develops when a baby starts to crawl. So up until then, the fear is dormant. As soon as a baby starts to be able to move and crawl uh, is when the fear of heights switches on. So it makes sense, of course, from a, a survival point of view which is that once you can crawl, you can fall off things. Right. Up until then, you can't. Yeah, so, that's true. So, um, you know, you just stay where your mom or dad put you. But uh, once you can crawl, then you're exploring the world yourself. And, um, yeah, um, it's it's that survival fear of uh, heights um, mm. and falling off and obviously injuring ourselves or dying. But those are the only three true phobias. Everything else really is um, almost like a mutation or a, or a different aspect of those three basic fears. That's interesting. And I never knew that. Thank you for sharing that, especially because oh, I have yeah. actually seen a snake last week and it was uh, on, on the road as I was driving. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I stopped because I wanted to, I would have shushed him out of the way, but luckily he just right. went away really quick. Um, and I don't recommend that you ever go near snakes. Please don't do that. They're not to play with, but it was interesting. So I had a client the day before who had a snake and this seemed to be the shadow side of that aspect that we saw. But right. what I was going to tell you is that the snake actually talked to me and had mm-hmm. a message for me. So um, mm, but it's yeah. interesting how, how Ildico can remove a lifetime. I've, I've hated spiders and been afraid since I was a little girl and she can remove that in literally a couple seconds, like a minute tops. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. wonderful gift. It's a wonderful gift. That Thank you, have. you. I'll, I'll tell you actually a, a, a funny story about a spider phobia. If <laughs> that sounds a bit weird to have a funny story about spider phobia. Right. But, you know, this and you're still here to talk about it. <laughs> I'm still here. My client did not beat me up for, for doing it. No. Um, so I was working with a client and I was working with something completely different to spiders. Nothing at all to do with spiders. And at that point, I had um, a clinic in my my home and um, we we'd done the session and she was ready to leave. And we went to the door and there was a tiny little spider on the wall, but it was really like a beautiful little jewel. It, it was um, red and white striped with oh. black legs. And it looked, I mean, I just thought it was amazing. Wow. Um, I'll tell you the why I could get to the point of just looking at it and thinking that it was amazing um, in a minute once I told you this. So 
um, I just pointed it out to her and she freaked out completely. And then I discovered, I mean, I've been working with this um, lady for quite a while for in various ways. Then I discovered that she actually had such a bad phobia of spiders that she would, before she went into a room, the first thought that would go into, through her head would be, is there a spider in here? And she'd had it for years. And I was absolutely shocked because, you know, it had never come up. And uh, I had no idea that this was lurking in her mind and in her life. So I wanted to um, show her show her a photo of another spider because I'd actually found this um, this other sort of little jewel spider a couple of days before, you know, with synchronicity, things show up the same way. And I'd taken a photo of it and she just said, no, 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 don't show me that photo. I can't deal with it at all. So I said, well, this is a bit, this is me. This is, this is the way I am. I said to her, really? Seriously, but I'd like your opinion on it. So what are we going to do here? Because that's, that's not an acceptable situation. I said, well, I suppose you'd better stay on and I'd better just get rid of this phobia for you then, hadn't I? And then you can look at the photo. Wow. <laughs> Which is exactly what I did. It took about five minutes. And we had a lovely discussion about the spider in the photo. She didn't have any fear at all. And then when we um, we were going to the door and we'd forgotten about the little spider, it had gone off somewhere. And um, we were standing there talking and the spider appeared again. And I just went, oh, look, a spider. And she went, oh, yeah, sure. Bye. See you next time. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was it was just really funny in the sense that I the only thing that I was interested in was I wanted her to comment on the photo of the spider. She had this massive phobia. And my answer to that was, well, we just get rid of it then. That's right. easy. Right. Get it out the way. What? 40 years worth of fear. And then you can we can have a conversation about the photo wow. of the spider. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. So it's um it was funny, but the the reason that I could do that because I had used to have the atavistic fear of spiders myself. I couldn't go anywhere near them. And I was the first person I retuned out of my phobia successfully. And after that, spiders don't bother me at all. This has been about, I don't know, about 15 years now. Wow. Since I've actually treated myself and uh, got rid of the fear. So they don't bother me. Snakes never bother me. I like snakes. So that's not a problem. Um, But spiders used to be a problem. Um, But get this about snakes, right? Those those of you out there who don't like snakes, you can probably block your ears at this point. (laughs) I had um, um, an acquaintance. Um, We were actually both on uh, a... um, we, we were in a, in a group uh, where we wanted to put a charity event on and uh, we were in the same group. So it was the committee, basically. And I had to go around to her house um, to discuss some of the committee issues. And she is, well, she certainly was a couple of years ago. She was a performer, like a circus performer. And one of her... Um, acts was to perform with a python oh so I hadn't actually seen that I just heard her telling me that was it um but when I went round to her flat it was actually flat it was about three stories up um 
I soon found out that she was breeding snakes. So her flat had about, I'm not kidding, about 80 snakes in it. Um, there was one room which had cages and, you know, just, just snake stuff um, to make happy snakes. And literally she had about 80 snakes and some of them were real tiddlers, you know, like little babies. They don't yeah. born recently. Yeah. And some of them were not tiddlers, including the massive albino Ooh. python that she performed with, which was in the lounge. When I was sitting there having coffee, her albino python mm. snake was sitting there in the corner and then decided to move and come and find out, you know, what was going on and who I was. So at one point, I had four snakes actually on me. Oh, she put them on me. And um, I was absolutely fine. But then in the end, I just thought, okay, I think I've, you know, ha had enough of this. Had enough I of had that. Four pythons on me at the same time. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> Did your mind and body both feel the same? Because I know sometimes our body feels one way, but our brain can try to tell it to calm yeah. down. I didn't, I wasn't afraid of them because firstly, they've been fed and that's not, you know, it doesn't right. work that way. So um, I wasn't afraid of them. It was more, I'll tell you, it was any, more about one thing. And that was that um, pythons, I don't know about other snakes, but they have this very particular smell huh. about them. And when I walked into that room where there were about 80 pythons, um, there was this unbelievable smell that hit my nose because, you know, en masse, yeah. you can imagine all of these living creatures, um, they're all the same. So it was kind of like smell multiplied by a hundred. Wow. <laughs> so wow. that's what kind of knocked me for six. But um, after a while, yeah, I kind of, you know, had enough, but yeah. I was sat there for about 20 minutes with these snakes just um, sat on me. One was curled around one arm. The other one was kind of around my shoulders. The other one was around my legs. <laughs> I'd be like, well, I hope I don't have to move to go to the ladies room or anything because I got these things on me, you know? That's, yeah, well, that's, that's right. You, crazy. you take the snakes with you. So, yeah, um, that was quite an experience, I have to say. I guess so. That's an interesting part of your work, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, get this. So this takes it to another level. Um, and because you work with animals, you'll really appreciate this. So the white python, the albino python was actually, um, he'd lost it. It had lost its partner. He actually, sorry, it's he. He'd lost his sort of long-term partner snake. Um, and he was mourning. He was off his food and, you know, he was not, not in a good place. So I actually offered to do some life retuning with the python mm. and help it uh, come out of uh, some of that uh, grief that it was experiencing. So not only did I have that experience with the 80 odd pythons and the four sat on me, but I didn't leave before I'd actually done a little life, life retuning session wow. um, with the python to help it over its uh, grieving. Wow, that's wonderful. I'm sure they are a lot like people and that they all have yeah. feelings and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. But wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that story. So there's hope for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads of hope. Yeah. <laughs> We can fix things. We can fix things. Oh, yeah. But thank you for being here. Let's talk about your book because I know you. we have so much to get to. 
So let's, would you mind giving uh, the folks listening just a little bit of a background on you before we dive into some fun stuff on the book? Um, absolutely. So um, background about the book itself or? And a little bit about you, just your practice. About and yeah, 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 so sure. Um, so I'm a biofield psychologist. Um, what that means is I use the human biofield, the energetic emanations that stretch out from our physical bodies and form an energetic database. I use that database, the hidden or invisible database to read information, which translates out into our emotional state, our mental state, physical, um, and our, uh, you know, our life forces. So I am able to read that information and then apply what needs to be changed in order to change the coding, which then fundamentally changes the way people perceive themselves, others, and the world. And that happens very, very rapidly. Just as Julie said, with the phobia, the spider phobia, I'm able to decode fear, anxiety, frustration, anger, all of those uh, debilitating uh, emotional mm. states. I'm also able to change um, self-limiting beliefs so what I call logical limiters mm. uh, I'm able to open the mind's um, possibility portal uh, which was shut before when you have a belief like uh, I don't believe I deserve to succeed yes um, you won't succeed because there's no way around that that you can't get beyond that um, that belief even if people tell you you can the mind cannot perceive things that it doesn't believe, mm. right? You don't, yep. you don't believe it, you won't perceive it. So I'm able to change your perception. And then your mind actually believes that you do deserve success. So I do all this through working with the biofield. Um, I'm effectively a biofield engineer, really. Mm. Mm. Uh, decoder, encoder, um, and so I developed this system myself. Um, my background is that when I was 24 years old, I had a severe nervous breakdown. My consciousness imploded um, and I had to find uh, the dysfunction in my life and dismantle myself completely. I dismantled my belief structures. Mm. I dismantled my emotional history, my emotional baggage um i completely cleared the the page rubbed out all of the black marks you know on the pages and then i set about building myself in the way that i wanted to experience life so through that massive work which has taken several years i learned incredible things about energy about how energy runs within our lives on a daily basis how um things that have happened even before we came into this incarnation can actually be the deciding factor for when you make a choice on an everyday level um oh. i discovered that energy is infinite uh, it cannot be destroyed or created it carries information um, and it just transmutes from one form to another. So 
these are very, very important things to know, not just about energy, but about, about ourselves and what the the laws of energy are within our bodies and, and uh, within our lives. And through that, I started working with clients, first of all, here in the UK, and I was getting incredible results with the life retuning system. Um, I was finding that I was able to uh, bring people out of trauma, you know, wow. uh, things that have happened that, that they were replaying in their mind and couldn't just couldn't get out of that, um, that stuck place. Um, I was finding that I could just bring peace and calm to people who had high levels of anxiety. I could clear the fear. Mm. Um, I was just able to restructure everything from the ground up basically. So I talk about Lego bricks, you know, dismantling the Lego bricks and then building them in a different way, the way you want them. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up working with clients um, all across the, the globe now. Uh, there was an interview that I did in 2012 and that absolutely opened me up to the world because I suddenly had emails from everywhere and I just um, started working with clients. My my portfolio of clients just shot up and I, I was just so busy. And it hasn't really changed since then because I'm constantly um, having clients uh, contacting me, people who want to work with me from many, many countries. So, yeah, it's um, it's been absolutely amazing up until this point. And then I decided that I was going to write a book. Now, I decided that in 2013, actually, because I actually had a massive download of information mm. from my conscious awareness. And I realized that it was the structure for a book, but it wasn't the right time. And it wasn't the right time until last year. And the reason it wasn't the right time until last year was because the world changed last year. And up until that point, uh, there wasn't enough of a change that had taken place for minds to be opened. Mm -hmm. And so last year, I got the, the nudge from my, my energy field, basically. Uh, and the nudge was everything is aligned now. This is the perfect time, the perfect place. You're the perfect person. Everything is there. All your resources are there. You start this journey and everything will come to you easily, effortlessly. So that's exactly what happens. Everything has fallen into place. I have not had to work hard for anything. I mean, I, you know, I've been talking to a lot of writers and authors over the last year because I was, um, I was uh, on a course with a fantastic guy. Uh, gentleman called Michael Heppel who's an eight times best-selling international author and he's he's a lovely guy but he's also extremely expert at how to write a book how to uh, get it in front of a publisher how to actually you know the whole deal mm. um and um I am endlessly grateful to him and what he what he taught um and one of the things that he said was expect 
to have a lot of rejections before you are picked up by a publisher. So, you know, um, there are many well-known authors uh, who had a really bum start. Yes. You know, so um, that was what I expected. Well, not expected exactly, but that's that's the story that I I saw as being the likelihood. And what actually happened to me was that there was actually only one publisher I really wanted to work with. After I did all my research, I uh, spent a good few days just going through, you know, we got the writers and authors um, uh, sort of Bible, which gives you the information of all of the publishers, all of the agents, everything is in that book. And I went through, spent a few days looking through and made myself um, a, um, a spreadsheet of all of those um publishing houses uh, and people that I wanted to uh, try pitching a, a, the uh, the book, um, you know, Energy Aware to, to, to these publishers. Um, and right at the top of the list was this one publisher who I'd actually seen interviewed by Michael and I just really, really liked her. You know, her energy was right. Um, she was saying the right things. I just could see that it was a beautiful synergy. It could really mm. work well. So I sent in my pitch and I immediately had a message back from her to say, yeah, let's have a meeting. Wow. She absolutely, well, as soon as she read the pitch, absolutely decided then and there that she wanted to work with me and energy aware. Now, that is not the norm. Not it's not the normal thing to happen. Now, I, you know, because I, I was, I'm a newbie to all this, really. <laughs> I didn't really understand to what level that is extraordinary. But the more I'm talking to writers and authors, and when I tell them this story, they just cannot believe it. So even that fell into place because it was the right person at the right time. And, you know, I talk in energy aware about making bright choices and that was my bright choice. And mm -hmm. I knew it was going to yield the results. Mm. So I walk my talk. Um, but, you know, this was really the, the next step to working with clients um, and I love working with clients, but I just wanted to put everything down in a book. And um, it's, it's the 24 Energy Principles, which it's based on, which was the download, the original raw download that mm. I got in 2013. Mm -mm. And wow. here we are. <laughs> wow. That's massive, massive, massive. If anyone mm. doesn't know what a download is, um, and I'm sure that you can, you know, Maybe you have me, a difference, just a download from yeah. spirit or information. To me, it's it's it was the information that I had gathered over several years, and it was the synthesized version. Um, the uh, if you like the mental boot camp, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the best. Right. So it, it just got synthesized for me into a format which was very easily accessible. And um, I just grabbed a pen and paper and I just wrote it down because the, the form that it came in was just absolutely beautiful. Wow. Wow. And now you get to bring it to all of us so that we can enjoy it and yeah. start making some changes in our lives, which I love, which I love. Wow. Absolutely. That's amazing. 
Yeah. yeah, because you need, we all need help in this area. I mean, it's super important. We all struggle here, some more than yeah. others, but yeah. let's face it. We all do make mistakes. We all have things yeah. that we need to work on. So I know you have a lot of really cool topics and there's a lot to talk about, but what, what were you thinking that would help the listeners watching this the most today? So what I'm going to do is I want to share that this is actually the book. Yep. And um, it's a very special day because this is the first printed copy. Yay. And it's just arrived from my publisher. Yay. So, congratulations. Um, yeah. For me, my <sighs> copy. <laughs> Yay. So flicking through. Um, so I, yeah, I've, I've landed on the page and I'm going to share one of the principles. And actually this is the first personal energy principle. So I'm actually, if you wouldn't mind, I'd actually sure. like to read a little. Yes. Bit. Yes, please go ahead. Okay. So the principle itself is learn to switch off your mind. It is a tool and is not meant for the incredibly heavy responsibility we place on it. It cannot cope. This is really, really important because we live in a mind dominated society and uh, we're told that the mind is key and that the mind runs the show. And I want to uh, tell you the, the real story about this. So here we go. Have you ever felt that your mind is on the edge of exploding? That it is on a hair trigger and you don't know what will happen if it blows? This is a common feeling and it is a cause of the fear, unhappiness and sense of futility that we have been collectively suffering from for a long time. In order to understand why this is happening, we need to get down underneath the level of our conscious thinking, below the thoughts about what we are going to have for lunch or wondering when our Amazon package will arrive. <laughs> we need to strip back the layers of the mind and see it for what it really is. We need to become its observer. Emotion, intuition, soul and spirit have generally been considered to be irrelevant for living a successful life. Feelings have traditionally been considered to represent weakness and something to be overcome or beaten. We have medications to suppress anxiety and depression. If we cannot categorize or label something, then it is to be ignored or eradicated. What I am describing is the playing out of how the mind operates and shows up in our world. The mind is focused on one thing only, your physical survival. This means that it is looking out for number one. Competition, personal achievement, ambition and winning against all odds are the domain of the mind. The reason that it does not consider emotions to be relevant is because it does not understand them. Let me give you a simple test to show you what I mean. Can you understand love logically? Take a few minutes to consider the question before you come back to reading this chapter. So let's take some time out. Mm -hmm. Can you understand love logically? Does it make a makes logical sense to you? No, it makes no logical sense whatsoever. No, it doesn't. Nope. Correct. So listeners out there, what about you? Can you understand love logically? Just uh, take a few moments and see if that 
works for you or doesn't. So I expect your mind either went completely blank or tried to justify that, of course, it understands love, but was unable to prove to you that it really does. Wow. I encourage you, right? Yes, because the mind does that all the time. Exactly. So I encourage you to try the same exercise with compassion, empathy, faith, trust, and gratitude. Try and see if you can logically understand any of those. You will find that your mind doesn't do emotions. It is very important that you start to understand this as you move forward into becoming energy aware and living your life from a different place. This mental inability is why emotions are considered by many people to be dangerous, lacking value, or something to be ignored and swept under the carpet. This is the signature of life in a mind-dominated world. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast. This is Julie Salante. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to go deeper, there are two ways that you can work with me to get personal one-on-one coaching or to receive an animal reading. Click on the link below to set up a time with me to talk. You can also check out the Spiritual Cafe. That is a membership-based group that I have with a dear friend of mine where we talk live monthly and give you information on elevated consciousness answer your questions and help you move through life with clarity and conscious decisions. Looking forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Julie.